You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We're brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting equipment, and we have a fun show for you all today. I was joined this week by Jake Vernon. Jake resides in Pennsylvania, but had a really unique upbringing when it came to his hunting. Growing up, Jake traveled a lot to Kentucky to hunt whitetail, then had the opportunity to live in Montana for a couple years. And this is where Jake seemed to really sharpen his skills as a whitetail hunter. And in this specific episode, we cover a variety of topics and stories, just a fun conversation to have talking hunting. To go along with this episode, though, please head over to our website, www.antlerupoutdoors.com. And under our in the field page, Jake has an article written for you all. So go listen to today's episode and head over there and read his piece. And in this episode, Jake introduces his interesting upbringing when it came to whitetail hunting. This is a story really like unlike any other that I heard so far, and I really enjoyed Jake sharing his story. And then we're talking about his experience getting his son into the outdoors and particularly archery. 
following this discussion, Jake shares some stories about the time he lived in Montana, the tactics they used to hunt the whitetail out there, and how now that has evolved for him over the last couple of years. Jake and I shared a similar story when we hit our early 20s in that we got back into bow hunting. From there, Jake discusses how the last few years he has been a very successful hunter in an unorthodox way. And when listening to Jake, you just hear how much he just loves whitetail hunting and isn't afraid to be different. For example, Jake does not spend a ton of time scouting in the postseason time frame, but rather uses the rifle time, the hunt, but also scout for next bow season. So throwing this strategy on top of his preferred method of archery, Jake just simply grinds to be the best hunter and archer he can be. We wrap up things discussing our goals and build upon really your experience in the woods to be a better woodsman and hunter and also his upcoming plans for fall. So check it out. Let us know what you think. Don't forget to head on over to our website to check out his written piece under the in the blog. Thanks again, everybody. If you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a five-star review under the reviews. We're going to have some cool giveaways coming up leading into the season going to give away a half dozen set of uh, either MMT arrows or the NIS arrows from Exodus. So I'll be giving away a half dozen of those coming up here soon. Also looking into some other cool things to give away just as a big thank you. Be on the lookout for some new tethered stuff. So we'll get into that here shortly right before the episode. Thanks again, everybody. Happy 4th of July to you all. Antler up. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. And a special code is made for our listeners of the Antler Up podcast for America's Best Bowstrings. Use code ANTLERUP and you will save $10 off your order. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tethered produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. Last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We partnered with social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. And Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download GoWild.com to get started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Antler Up Podcast. I'm joined by Jake Vernon on the other line. Jake, thanks for coming on tonight, dude. How are you? I'm good, Jeremy. What's going on? Oh, you know, we were just we were just uh, talking about how our Memorial Day was of you know getting blasted by the sun, eating like pigs, and uh, so now here we are. We get a chance to talk some deer hunt. So life's pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah, man. Love it. Love it, love it. <laughs> Dude, I saw this past weekend you were uh, out shooting with your son. I know you and your boy do a ton of shooting in general, but you had a little 3D course action. And Is that the one that Lyle puts on? Well, like, or is, is that the same uh, club no, as Lyle's? That's no, a we, we are members at that club, um, and we love going there. They had a shoot actually yesterday, Okay, um, but just couldn't make it out there. But, um, no, it's actually my uh, boy's old pre-K teacher does photography on the side and every year she takes our pictures shooting. So we were out at her uh, family's property and just brought a few targets with us and we're, you know, messing around with that. Dude, that's pretty but, cool. They, you've been, cause you did, like you said, you've uh, done that now a couple of times with, with your son to get into photos taken. That's so cool. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's more for me than it is him. It's an aggravation <laughs> for him, you know, but you know, he like, you know, yesterday he found a, uh, or was it Saturday? Um, they spotted a woodchuck and, uh, the girl's husband was go for it. He was off at that thing before it went down its hole. And he was like, the first one was like damn close. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after that, they were just, you know, hail Marys, but you know, he gave it, he gave it a shot. So. Dude, he, he's he's thirsty. He he wants to get it. I could tell. Oh, worse than bad, dude. <laughs> worse than bad. As soon as he he killed a squirrel with a pellet gun like last fall, and ever since, all he wants to do is kill stuff. It <laughs> is like, I mean the it, it you know the bloodlust. I mean, I remember having it as a kid. And I mean, they, yeah, I, I want to say he's got it worse than me, but he probably doesn't. I'm just, you know, like grown out of it, yeah. but yeah, it's pretty wild. He's, he's seven pounds away from draw from legal draw weight in PA. Okay. Like I almost want to drive him to Kentucky where it's 30 or it used to be 30 pounds. I don't know what it is now. It used to be 30 pounds just so, you know, he could get a crack at a deer with his bow because his interest in rifle hunting is like nothing. Okay. Like has zero interest in rifle hunting. He's like, it's too cold and we got to wait too long. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like you have a point. <laughs> yeah. But so, cause what is our, know, our, our, our legal poundage is 35? 35. Yeah. 35. That's what I thought. Yeah. My daughter's nowhere near that. Nowhere near that. And she, she, you know, what's funny is though, the last like two years she's gone quote unquote bow hunting with me. And it's just mainly like her just hanging out with me either on the ground in the woods or in a blind up my in-laws area. And it's just, she thinks, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause then once the time comes, we're sitting there and she's like, daddy, you, if a deer comes like you shoot it then, cause I, I'm not going to be able to reach right. it. I'm like, okay, honey, right. sound sounds great. Like, even though I know that's exactly what we were doing in any way, it was just her going hunting with, oh, yeah. with her bow, right. which is, you know, right. That's, oh, my, my, my boy just hates sitting still. He's like, <laughs> I put him in a ground blind one afternoon last October. And he's like, dad, we're not hunting deer. I'm like, hang on. All right, let's, explain this to me. He's like, we're waiting for deer. I'm like, mm, all right. I, I like where your head's at because I don't like sitting still either. Yeah. But you know, there's a, there's a little bit of waiting involved, pal. Like, you, you know, it's just something you got to get over. But <laughs> I don't know. Kids are tough, man, but they're fun. You know, they're last to get out there. 
That's so funny. We're not hunting down. We're, we're waiting for deer. That's good. That That's like, well, a, that's a, and, he's and, wise beyond his years already. Well, and it's like, and it's my own fault because like he's anytime he like, you know, comes downstairs or in the garage, I got white tail adrenaline on and it is like just deer drive city or stalking him on the ground. And it's, and it, you know, and that's like my big thing is like, you know, I, this, the past two years is like getting on the ground with deer and it's been a freaking riot mm-hmm. and you know with deer drives he's been out on a few with them you know with us and it, he's like yeah we're not we're, we're not hunting deer if we're just standing here I'm like oh, man you are using like my own will against me right now and i'm okay with it that's so funny. you, you got to get a few under your belt before you're ready to uh to do that that's you know yep yep no man that's good so let's give a little introduction of, of a little bit of who you are and you know what brings you to here where we're at right now jake so okay i'm uh i'm not a pa native i'm a pa implant um spent most of my life in upstate new york but uh my dad bounced us around a bit we lived in wisconsin for a few years um montana for a few years so i kind of got ruined on you know some really good deer hunting in a hurry um <laughs> We would, uh, my dad, when, when we lived in Wisconsin, I was like seven or eight. Um, and he would drive us down to a family farm in Kentucky. And that's where we really cut our teeth on, you know, just, it didn't matter what the bag limits back then in Kentucky were pretty liberal. Like I think at the time you could shoot two bucks Okay. and doe tags were like, you know, it wasn't even a factor and you had crop damage tags and stuff like that too. Um, but I shot my first deer when I was seven. And then after that, it was like, okay, you, you know, my dad just kind of threw me to the wolves. Like, yeah, you got to have an adult sit with you, but you know, whatever you see, if you can kill it, you kill it. And then he, you know, started with my sister and that was like a whole chip on my shoulder thing. And she killed a fair amount of deer too. Don't get me wrong. But that, you know, that really sparked the uh, the interest for me. And then after that, we moved out to Montana. And I think I went a year without hunting before I was legal there. Okay. And was with my dad on a bunch of, you know, primarily whitetail hunts. But there were muleys around. Um, and we didn't really get into, like, pronghorn or anything like that until I started hunting. Um out there and then you know i shot a pronghorn i did kill one mule deer and then uh, just a pile of whitetails because we hunted these weapons restricted zones out there where you had to use a shotgun a muzzle or a pistol yep and they i mean from i want to say it was like december 20th till sometime in january you could buy two doe tags a day over the counter wow like just insane insane yeah. and we i mean after like three or four you're like burned out on it, you know <laughs> yeah. but like it was you know that and that you know like like that article i wrote and sent to you like it is just getting like there's only one good way to get good at killing deer and that's by killing deer mm. and then you know you shift your focus to you know bigger and better things you know whatever you want to do as an individual but i mean that was like such a building time for me getting kills under my belt 
like just you know it made as i got older and started chasing bigger things yeah it, it made it a lot easier now don't get me wrong i still get jacked up but you know ha- having having those kills under my belt like i mean i still think back about them like more than i should probably now that it's july that means for us whitetail hunters we have a ton of things going on we are tirelessly scouting shooting our bows and dialing in our gear One piece of gear that Tether just released is their new lockdown saddle. This saddle is the king of comfort. With the yoke system, it will eliminate the frustration of constantly having to pull up your saddle on your way in, and it will keep your saddle in position so you don't have to keep pushing it down or pulling it up, so it keeps it in place. And if you don't want to run your yoke system, no problem because you can easily just remove it. Lastly, when it comes to the comfort, the lockdown has it with the capability to expand, but with the lockdown links, your saddle will then return to the normal position when you want it to. Made right here in the USA. Check it out over at tethernation.com. Yeah, there's but, <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm the same way to think back to some of my old, you know, early kills and you know, killing my first whitetail with a rifle and you know, first one with the bow that I've talked about plenty of times on here. And uh, you know, just it's just it's cool to think back. Big to doe, see. wasn't it? Yeah. Was it a big doe you got with your bow? Yeah. yeah. That was mine too. I shot a big, a really big doe with my, with my bow. That was the first one. Yeah. It's just cool. Wild. Like, but it, but like you said though, I mean, it, you think back to those memories and you know, it, it's funny because growing up here and it almost felt like you were limited. And it, it, for me, it was all like, it became to a point when I was in high school where I wouldn't say like, I still loved doing it. And I still loved at the time going, I was just kind of, I think I was a little bit more bitter at my dad just because of the relationship we had, I guess that I was, sure, you know, sure, I wanted to, sure. oh, I get that. you know, get like that. throw, throw yeah. it into him. Like, no, I don't want to go, but it was more, you know, cause I was, I was successful almost every single year filling a buck tag, doe tag and you know, not, nothing, nothing to go home bragging about of saying like, yeah, I, I, I killed uh whatever. I mean, shit, I think up until high school, I, my biggest deer was still like a 6.8 little eight point basically. Oh, but yeah, dude, don't, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll get into that, but yeah, but, yeah, but, I, I'm with you on that. But, but like you said though, it's the experiences, right? It's, it's getting those things under your belt that kind of helps you become better. And, and you know, when, and I almost feel like, once I, I would say over a day, like just over 10 years now, when I got right back into things and after life settled down, it seemed like it was like learning to hunt all over again, honestly, because, you know, a lot, a lot changed and a lot of gear slash, I don't know, just like everything changed and, you know, getting that buck fever, chasing that, uh, that adrenaline, hit back real quick if that makes sense yeah no dude i get it because like in my early 20s late teens early 20s i i didn't hunt a lot i mean gun hunted a couple days a year maybe bow hunted once i'm not even sure i owned a compound at the time yeah but went out with a recurve i had you know, like one day a year. And I think it was only because my brother had hit a deer the night before and we were going to hunt that morning and then go track the deer. Um, and then, you know, like you said, you just get back into it. And I think I would, I want to say I was, let's see, my son was born when I was 24. Yeah. It was when I turned 25, I really like, I'm like, okay, 
I'm getting back into it, you know, like, like sort of settled in and, you know, just like, I mean, I was no holds barred. Yeah. Like anything that, like you're saying, you're learning to hunt again, basically. I mean, I was gun hunting, you know, whatever, but learning to bow hunt again. Oh my God. Like the first bow I was able to get my hands on that I could afford was an 80 pound Matthews. Yeah. And I had never shot a bow that was 80 pounds before. I'd shot a few that were near 70. But I'm like, how the freak am I going to do this? Yep. You know what I mean? And then, you know, whacked a couple does with that and a small buck in New York. And I'm like, okay, like, I can still do this. Like, after the first one, like, you know, contain my composure. And, you know, it. Like you said, you you you're, you almost well, you go through a hiatus like that, and it's like starting all over. I mean, you you know, yep. you're not completely starting over. Like you you know, you got the basics down. But oh man, I I, I get fired up over a deer uh, over a doe standing under my stand. Yeah, I'm you know what you. I mean. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I honestly, I I mean, to each your own, and and everybody has has their own journey. And I I just as long as you're out in the woods and you're having fun and and you're enjoying. Uh, that that piece out there, then like I don't. As long as you're doing something, as long as it's legal, go for it, right? But at this, bingo, dude, you bingo, know, bingo. Yeah, and the thing that I just love, and what you just said is when a doe comes in and you still get fired up. I mean, so do I, dude. Like that's just, I love deer. I took a a mountain bike ride. Just well, I don't. I shouldn't say mountain. I just took my bike out for a ride on on some trails this morning before we went to my in laws and everything and. I was just coming through and I, on the trail, I kicked out a deer and I was just like freaking out, <laughs> you know, I oh, just, yeah, cause I just yeah. love seeing deer and, and I don't know, man, like you said, you, you engulf it and you just become obsessed with it and it's, you know, it takes over. Oh dude, I'm a freak. Like it, <laughs> there, deer hunting will wake me up in the middle of the night because I'm like, holy shit, that's a good idea for that spot. Yeah. And I'll wake up and go write it down. Like my wife thinks I'm nuts, like completely nuts. She's like, your, your job keeps you awake enough. Why are you letting deer hunting do this? I'm like, (laughs) well, I enjoy deer hunting more than my job. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) you know, it's just, I mean, and and I am not like, and I am the worst for like out of season scouting. Like I just, I, I, I don't have the time for it. I feel guilty enough taking as much time away from my family during deer season that I don't need to take it outside of deer season. Okay. And that probably hinders my success as far as killing bigger bucks than I do. Now don't get me wrong. I have had an incredible hot streak over the last six years. Like just, I mean, Looking back at my childhood, once I moved out of Montana, I never thought I'd shoot the deer I did the last few years. Yeah. Never thought I would. Like I shot that muley and like maybe a hundred and fifteen inch nine point, and I'm like, that's it. That's the pinnacle. I'll never touch that ever again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I go out and shoot three one twenties and you know a couple others that were between a hundred and a hundred and twenty in five years, and it's like, all right. Maybe I'm not so bad at this, you know? Yep. Like, but yeah, I mean, I, I, in, but I, if I, if I could allocate the time without feeling terrible about it to scouting, I, I, I'd probably do much better, but I'm 
pretty content with, you know, how I get things done now. And it just keeps things interesting for me. So how are you? Know you? What I mean? like, yeah. So I guess, I guess that's a great question. If someone listening to this would probably say, okay, so if you're not doing a ton of scouting now, throwing my experience out there, but that's the one piece of that this year with not coaching, I've been able to do a little bit more like, well, I should say yep. a lot yep. more compared to what I used to do. Now it's still nowhere sure. close of like how people are like getting over hundreds of miles. Like I'm not, I'm still not oh, yeah. fucking touching that. Noise, yeah. <laughs> I'm still not touching that stuff. I'm, I'm not there because same thing. Like, it's crazy because I think of, man, what did I, how was I a father and a husband the last 10 years, basically in the spring? Cause I still felt pulled in a lot of directions and I wasn't coaching, you know what sure. I mean? So I guess sure. someone listening could sit there and say, okay, so if Jake's not doing a ton of scouting and he's been very successful, you know, I guess, how are you doing that? Like, what is your, your philosophy or your game plans that to, to get shit done? I'm going to, I'll be honest with you, I'm terrible at explaining this because I can't really explain it to many people, but I will do my best. Um, now I will go, I, I have to put like, uh, I'll have to use New York as an example because I really haven't hunted PA that hard um, the last few years as far uh, other than meat hunting because the couple spots I do hunt in PA, I will go like, you know, I know there's deer, it's a travel corridor. Like I'll just catch them coming through and that's it. Yep. Um, now back in New York, um, a lot of what I do is, and now that I gotta, I gotta rewind here to that like hiatus of bow hunting that I was talking about. Sweet. During that hiatus, I did do a lot of critter hunting, um, at night. And I got to know a lot of spots where there was deer hanging out at nighttime. And now I know spotlighting is legal in pretty much everywhere, you know, obviously within certain confines, you know, mm -hmm. don't shine over a double yellow and no loaded weapons in the truck and all that shit. Um, but that was like a big thing for me. I'm like, well, why don't I just drive around and while I'm fox hunting, if I see a deer that's near a spot I can hunt or some public or whatever, I just start from there. And that was really what like tripped my trigger on like, okay, maybe I can, you know, sort of use that to my advantage to, you know, if you see a deer there at four o'clock in the morning, he's probably not very far off at seven when it gets light out. Right. You know what I mean? So it worked into that. And then that was a big thing for a couple of years. And I've gotten away from that. I've gotten to know some other spots um, just from, you know, traipsing around. If I, and now I will go in and I, I am like the worst scrape hunter on earth. <laughs> but if I see like a handful of scrapes in an area and, you know, a rub line that I like, I, I use that as a starting point and I will, my big thing is like, I get down on the deer's level at that scrape or at that rub. And I just take like a real slow, like 360 view. And I'm like, okay, where would I go if I was a deer? And at the same time, I'm thinking back to, we've killed some really, really, really big bucks on deer drives. And I'm like, where did it, what type of spots to kick those deer out of? You know, and so I use that to like it, it. 
it's all like past experiences that I, you know, factor into that moment as I'm looking at stuff. I, like I said, Jerry, I'm really, really bad at explaining this no, stuff. No, but it makes sense. That's like, you know, that's just, I mean, the first year I really, really got back into deer hunting, my son was one. I want to say, yeah, it was 2017. It was the year my grandfather passed away. It was like my biggest hunting mentor there was. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy in 40 years killed like 300 deer, you know, just mm-hmm. an absolute killer. Didn't care about the size of buck he was shooting, but he was a straight up killer. And he hunted multiple states and all that. And, you know, that year was just like what lit a fire under me. And as soon as gun season rolled around that year, we deer drove like crazy. As of 8 a.m. opening day, we were driving deer. And I probably learned more from three days of driving deer as to where big bucks hang out than I than I learned in like 20 years prior of just sitting in a tree stand that somebody else had set up. Well, and I think if you could, and you please correct me if I'm wrong, when you're doing these drives and you're kicking up these deer, these deer are at where they feel the safest, like away from people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, right. so you're, right. you know, and, and I think to kind of even build upon what you were saying, Jake, is that like, you're, you're finding either like that sign and when things that you like, and you're just casting a wider net now, like you're just trying to right. piece things right. together. But I think that's actually a really cool piece because I've, I've heard uh, Zach Farenbaugh talk about kind of this stuff about Ohio when he does like the drives with his friends sure. and, and family and all that stuff. And man, it makes sense because at that point in time, those deer are going to where they've been pressured all season up to that point, you know, whether it's from, from archery season and uh, whatever, however many days into a gun season already, but you know, they're, usually at their, what they consider one of their safest spots. Right. Right. Yeah. What's the word, uh, Eberhardt uses security cover. Yep. Like I had heard, and, and I'm not like a huge Eberhardt fan by any means, but he, he's a killer. Yeah. Like, I don't like how he talks to people, but he's <laughs> a killer. Like I will, I will not deny that at all. The guy is a straight up killer. No matter where he goes, he is killing the biggest deer he can find. But yeah, I had heard him talk about that security cover. I'm like, man, this guy's honest. Yeah, about three years ago, we were, I I killed my I killed a buck already here, and uh, we we're on a drive, and do I was walking on this Mount Laurel Ridge system side, and I was the one all the way up top, and everybody else was you know trickled down, and we're going yep. and going and going and going, and then something kicked up for me, and I I got about. 15 to 20 yards from this big buck. And I just remember putting up like my scope just to see what it was like to try to count how many points. Cause I was like, dude, that sucker's big. You know, he bounded, bounded maybe two, three times until he put a nice little distance between us and he stopped. And that's when I was able to get a really good look at him. And he was either a really nice eight, nine or 10. But for, I mean, he was bigger than the deer that I shot that year. And I just remember being like, wow, and, right. and I'm, right. I, when he took off, I kind of like gave a different hauler down to the person below. So we, so that way he doesn't escape basically. And we push him to, to the poster. But I remember just standing there actually when I kicked him up and looked where he was and not in a million years, would I try to hunt that spot. Not in a million years. Oh yeah. 
No, it's it, it, and it's wild because, like, you know, same deal that year I was talking about, 2017. The first drive we did at 8 a.m., the, the first buck we kicked out, and, and Jeremy, this, this was in the first two minutes of the drive, we kicked out 147-inch nine-point that one of my good buddies killed. Gosh. Three more minutes into the drive, a 120-inch buck comes out and my brother kills it. And then the drive was over. <laughs> and it's like, and and I don't live near the peak, you know, near near enough to where I could go in and hunt it. And I'm like, Jesus, somebody should go in and bow hunt this. Right. So the, our, our buddy that shot the 147, I said, Matt, you need to go in there and bow hunt this. And he tried to the next year. He's like, dude, it's impossible. You You can't do it. You can't do it. And this guy's a straight up killer. Like he, you know, mm-hmm. he kills a lot of deer. And he's like, no, you can't do it. It's too sick. Like that's literally the only way you can get deer out is by bumping them out. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. all right, you know, that's, that's what you got to do. But yeah, I mean, you know, I will say that I use, I probably use gun season more for two things scouting for bow season and for filling my freezer. <laughs> <laughs> that is my primary focus of gun season. Yep. Like shoot a few does. If a nice buck comes out, I'll, I'll shoot it, but I'm scouting for both season. Like that's just, you know, I mean, call me weird, but that's just, it, that's my deal. Dude, but it makes, I mean, for, for, for you, it makes sense. And, and for others, I, I, I think of when I'm up at the club with my dad and rifle season rolls around. And I mean, it's been a while since we've been able to, shoot a buck with the rifle because it almost seems like we'll get them on camera or just maybe a few days prior. So we know they're around, but again, we don't really, there's no one up there doing drives. So it's literally like right. you're, you're, you're gun hunting, like you're bow hunting and it makes zero sense mm-hmm. to me, but it's, you know, there's only, you can't do a drive with two people. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't have one person. Uh, I'm go- I'll, I'll correct you on that. Okay. Come along sometime. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, we like, you know, you think of like traditional, like I, I talk about drive hunting a lot, like since I've moved to PA Yeah, and you know, it either goes one way or the other guys are like, Oh yeah, we do drives all the time. Or guys are like, Oh man, you're a deer driver, blah, blah, blah. 20 guys in the woods all walking through. No, no, no. The biggest drive I've ever been on was 10 guys. Okay. And it was five drivers, five standards. Now that I've like narrowed in, like, you know, the group of people and, you know, and I was invited on that drive. Like my crew for driving is six guys. Maybe, maybe that's if we can get the sixth guy to show up. <laughs> like, because he's a notorious, he's my brother and he's a notorious Blake, but you know, he's like, no, no, I'm going to go hunt over here. Okay. You know, you do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, precision drives, and I, I use this term a lot, precision drives with a handful of guys, four to six guys, even less. I mean, we've done them with two or three is a very, very, very effective way to kill deer. You're, you're not it, it, the driver, quote unquote driver is essentially trying to sneak up on the deer. Mm-hmm. And your second or third guy is just, you know, the back door to catch him as he's escaping. Right. Like, 
I mean, I don't know how else to explain it, but I mean, that's just, I, I, we, I, you know, I, I will do drives during bow season during the October lull, quote unquote again. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's a five acre piece of public who gives a shit. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, right. now let's walk through it. If a buck comes out, it's within 40 yards, you can shoot it. Right. You know, Yep. whatever. And it's, it, it, I mean, the hunting public does it with bows and they call it wind bumping. It's a freaking drive. I don't care how you look at it. It's a freaking drive and people can gripe and whine all they want about how drive hunting isn't real drive or isn't real hunting and whatever. Fred Bear did drives. Mm-hmm. The Indians did drives like, you know, if you want to be a purist, whatever, but anybody who wants to gripe about them, I have DVDs where Fred bear does drives for mule deer and tigers and all kinds of shit. Yep. And if you read Fred bears field notes, they set up spots to shoot grizzly bears at night with bait piles with white sheets behind them. So they could see them in the dark. <laughs> like you know yeah. it's it, everybody's become so pure and i mean don't get me wrong that was in the 60s when there wasn't a whole lot of laws behind that stuff but if, as long as you're within the confines of the law who cares right. who cares don't shit on what somebody else is doing take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of mmt arrows from exodus outdoor gear they have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. And use code AU12 to save 12% off your custom set over at ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Well, what's funny you know what is... You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, I agree, man. And what's funny is actually now that you're, you're saying that is... I, I, it's just, it's so funny because I remember from being a kid up until even now when my dad or I will do like, he'll, he'll send me a text message, you know, when, so obviously this is more so now as a, as an adult, if I'm rifle hunting, sure. you know, and he'll be like, Hey, I'm going to get down and I'm going to walk to you. I'm like, okay, yep. so, you know, be ready. You know, and and Absolutely. It, dude, and it Absolutely. never, and it never dawned on me that like it, that's a drive. It is, right? Like you said, yeah, and, yeah. it's and, literally like if you want. I mean, you can beat the the definition of it to death. Death, yeah. But no matter how you cut it, in one way or another, it's a drive. Mm-hmm. Dude, when we lived in Montana, we were elk hunting with this group of guys, and it was either. The air, the zone we were in, you, if you were from 12 to 14 years old, you could shoot a cow or a, you know, anybody over that age either had to shoot a spike or a special draw bull tag. Now this group of guys we got roped in with, they would go in and shoot spikes like crazy. That was their thing. <laughs> they had shot, there was like four of them that had shot spikes every year in there for like 30 years. Like, no screw-around operation. These guys were, like, real deal elk hunters when it came to a wreck. Right. And and we got to the – and it was it was opening weekend of rifle season out there, and it was, like, dumb hot. I mean, like, 70, 80 degrees, just dumb hot for November. 
And there was like probably, I think it was that group of 10 I was thinking about. You know, we're standing around this big like bowl canyon type thing. And my dad was like, well, why don't we just do a drive? These guys had never heard of it. They had never heard of a drive. You know, we came from out Wisconsin, here. Yeah, Wisconsin. And, in the, in, yeah. and, and I mean, we, you know, when I was young, we lived in upstate New York and it was all shotgun there. And then we went to Wisconsin and that's even more shotgun and drive country. And my dad's like, yeah, drive. Set up four or, you know, six guys down at that end. The other four guys walk it down and that's it. Oh, okay. We, we kick up two cows and these two youth hunters killed them both. That's awesome. We talked to them years later. That's all they do now. <laughs> that is all they do now. Their crew is 15 guys, and that is all they do. That is all they do is drive that spot. Like, you know, that zone. Yep. yep. And it is like, what do they call it? They call it the governor's tag out there. Okay, yeah. It's it's the it's the Elkhorns. If you Google it, it it'll pop right up. But it's like Zone three hundred two B or something stupid like that. But it, it is like the most coveted tag in Montana. If you get it once, you never get it again for a bull tag. And that is all they do is drive for spikes wow. and cows for kids. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And you know, people people hate on it all they want, but you know what? If you're just out there trying to kill stuff. And it's a job legal, done. Just do your thing, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's well, where I'm at. It's funny because I think it was maybe six, about six years ago. And I was hunting back at home and I missed a buck. And, and with the, we got to get you to New York, man. I, I know. I know. I missed, I missed, <laughs> <laughs> I missed a buck with the bow and I went back for rifle and it was the second day. And it was pouring rain. Like it was just one of those days where it just was downpouring. I even think like the umbrella that my dad had on the, like the, the stand that I put up, like didn't work because of how much rain we got. And I just remember him texting me being like, I'm going to go for a walk for you. And I was like, okay. He's like, just, just be ready. So I was, and he calls me. I'm like, okay, that either that means like, hopefully nothing happened to him one or two he kicked up something so yeah, like something serious yeah, some, yeah. something yeah. serious exactly hey and and he is he's startled he's like jer i just kicked up a freaking giant and he's, <laughs> you know he's like he was he and you know when it's raining out and there's with the weather he he was sneaking sure, up on him and, nothing. right yeah. and exactly yeah. what you were saying you're pretty much trying to sneak up on these deer and he must he my dad said he goes i didn't notice him until he got he kicked up. I said, well, you should have shot him. Cause he still had a buck tag. He goes, well, right. he, he looked like he was going to come your way. The buck never did. But again, I remember then I said, well, mark it on the map, like where, where you are, like mark that spot. So that way we can like find, like go back to it. Cause he was bedded and he kicked him up yep. basically. And, uh, you know, long story short, I mean, that's an area now where, uh, we we constantly have a camera and we'll we'll get like young bucks coming through there it's not as kind of it's not i wouldn't say it's a routine bed area by any means but uh sure. it de it definitely opened up our eyes and it was because he was out doing a little walk for us while you know while the it was just pouring down rain you you cannot be boots on the ground when it comes to scouting mm -hmm. i don't care how many trail cameras you have in the woods i don't you know 
how much map scouting you do, and I do a ton of map scouting, but you cannot beat time on the ground looking at stuff. Like, plain and simple. Yeah. It is, that is like the best thing you can do. And, you know, it's like what I was saying earlier about shooting deer. The only way to get good at shooting deer is shooting deer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. I mean, plain and simple. I mean, and plenty of guys are deer shooters, not deer hunters. You know, that's a whole other topic. But, yeah, it's just, I mean, the boots on the ground, looking at stuff, kicking up deer, figuring out what they're doing and when they're doing it. Like, I used to really, really bug myself trying to figure out why deer were doing stuff. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, why worry about why? When I've seen them do it six times in the same spot, they're doing it for a reason. The reason doesn't matter, but they're still doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we'll figure out the reason later. Let's get over there and, you know, get on one. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think the people, I think people, I would say, shit, man, at least for me, unless I'm just god awful at it, is the whole e-scouting thing, there's hundreds of areas that you look at, and I could say for all, like, all hunters, there's, I would say, if you go to, say, say someone marks 20 different spots they want to go scout i'll bet you about 17 of them they're never going to hunt because once they get boots on the ground it's shit or it's not what they want you know what i mean absolutely 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 i mean i i do the same thing i mean because my i get a fair amount of downtime at my job so i'm like okay well finish up my computer stuff and you know look it on it and I mean, like you're saying, I'll mark 20 spots. I'll go to them, you know, first week or two of the season and be it, within 10 minutes. You know, if I don't feel like it's right, I'm out of there and on to the next one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will not waste my time, waste my time trying to chase something that's not there. Now, I will say that I do have a fair amount of buddies who, one in particular, who puts a shit ton of cameras out and he will hunt a spot for a few years and then he'll turn it over to me and say, Hey, go ahead and go in here. And we know him well. He's been on this podcast a handful of times. <laughs> um, you like to call him drop time. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. The year after he killed that buck, he's like, Oh yeah, man, go in here this spot. There's a few good ones running around. And last day of rifle season, I shot a real nice eight pointer. <laughs> awesome. I'm like, you probably wish you wouldn't have turned turned me loose in there, huh? He's like, nah, you deserved it. Yeah, you know, one of the best but, man. He's such a good. Person. Oh, dude, he is. I love Tom. I love yeah. Tom to death, man. He's he's like a brother to me. Dude, Him he, and I met at a wedding, uh-huh. and I am like, I was out of my mind, drunk, <laughs> out of my mind. And he and. Either I had given him my number or he had given me his number, whichever. I text him the next morning. I'm like, dude, I don't know what sort of dumb shit I said, but I'm sorry. He's like, no, no, you were like relatively coherent. Whenever you stopped talking about deer hunting was when your brain like shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, fair yeah. enough. I can respect that. Yep. You know, and yep. that was after that was like a couple weeks after he had shot that drop, drop time. Yeah, was was uh was when I met him. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. Oh my god, pretty wild. I I mean, what a buck that was, and dude, I we, oh dude, dude. <laughs> 
Oh, no. Like absolute monarch, man. Like, oh, no. I mean, great <laughs> buck, and for the area, an even better buck. Yep. You know, I need some. Uh, you know, what's funny is what, as you're saying this, I could I could use some uh, hangout time with with Tom. He's, I mean, the Delaware hunt was such a good time, and when we've gone out to Total Archery Challenge was such a good time. Just the how like a funny individual and just a good good friend overall. It's just so it's so good to be around oh, yeah, his no, presence. He's, yeah, he's he's cool shit, man. He reels me back in when I'm getting a little crazy. Yeah, and like <laughs> I mean, yeah, he we tried. We had a uh, my wife had her uh, baby shower last weekend, so the night before I had like a handful of guys over. And uh, I'm texting him like, yo, get over here, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm out to dinner with the wife, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, get Jill on the phone. I'll talk to her. It'll be fine. Come over. It'll be okay. Nah, he's, he's a good sport, man. He puts up with my shit. Yeah. Anybody who can stay friends with me after like two years is, you know, they're a keeper. <laughs> you know? So let's talk about this for, for like the kind of like one of the main last topics about everything is that kind of like what we touched upon earlier is that building on, on that experience, because, you know, here we are, we're going to be in the dog days of summer here soon. People are either going to be, or not going to be putting cameras out, but some people are going to be shooting their bows and dreaming of, of that white tail being all optimistic about stuff. But I really like what you say about getting that experience. And the only way you can get better is by, you know, boots on the ground, killing deer and, you know, having a, the, like, you can even talk about like the goals, like what are your particular things that you know, a hunter wants to do? But I guess like, I guess talk about like what your, you know, your thought process is or what your belief is on, on that type of thing. Because I, I do, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I have young, you know, students that are like, Hey, you, yo, Din's like one day I do want to hunt. Like, I, I think it's, you know, I, uh, you know, whatever. And I'm just, I'll talk to them about certain things and, you know, because there is a lot, like you're, you're the little boys, bloodthirsty, he's ready to rock and roll. And, you know, like you said, you, you're ready to get him going and I'm, you're going to do a great job of teaching him the ropes and setting expectations and goals and what he wants to accomplish in his hunting adventure, right? Like every person has their own adventure, but you can't, there's, there's an easy way to get burnt out from it. But, and I think if well, you, that, well, that, that's, that's like the big thing. And that's yep. what's going through my mind while you're saying that is everybody has different goals. Yep. Everybody has different goals. Some guys want to go out and, you know, get a few decent bucks on the ground and then chase a 170 power to them. That would I pass up a 170? Certainly not. But I tell you what, if it comes by me and it's 110 inches or 120 or whatever, I'm probably not letting it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think like the biggest thing for, I mean, anybody new, new hunter, old hunter, it doesn't matter. Figure out your goals for what you want to do. And don't be afraid to change those goals. Like it's getting to the middle of the season and you just want to get a deer in the freezer because you know, you like eating deer meat. Don't, don't be afraid to shoot a doe or a dink buck or, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, that, that, that's just me. I, you, I, I don't know. Could, like, could you think of a personal experience where maybe something like that has happened to you? Cause I could think of one for me. Oh yeah, dude. Last year, last year was a prime example. Columbus day weekend. 
I dropped my bow out of a tree stand the one time I hunted out of a tree stand last year because I was dead set on hunting on the ground, which was my goal for last year was hunting on the ground and shooting one instinctive. That was, you know, instinctive shooting. Mm -hmm. That, that, that was my, those, those were my two goals for the year. I set goals every year before every season. And right about now is when I start like looking at those goals. Anyway, so I dropped my bow out of the tree. Let's rewind. The, the couple days before that Columbus Day weekend, I decided I was not confident enough in my instinctive shooting and was going to take my bow out that had sights on it. Okay. And like I stopped shooting sights because it, I didn't feel anything in front of me was safe. And I don't mean to be cocky, but like the last five year I shot with a bow were like dumb easy before I switched to instinctive. So anyway, I let myself get in my own head and I'm like, okay, I'll pull my bow out with the sights on it. It'll be fine. Now, again, I decided to get up in a tree stand, which was against my better judgment at the time anyway, but the spot set up perfect for it. And so I did. And my bow hanger was set up for my bow without sights. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you what happened. And I knocked my bow out of the tree. Climbed down, grab it. I didn't even have time to shoot another arrow to make sure it was good. I just looked over everything and it looked okay. Uh -huh. Here comes a buck. Nice buck. I miss him once. He scoots out a little ways further, settles back down. I miss him a third, a second time. And then he's walking away and I take a third Hail Mary shot because at that point I'm like, well, there's a hundred dollars in broadheads in the ground. What's one more, you know? Yes. And that was an incredibly humbling experience for me. But at that point I changed, I shifted gears. I'm like, okay, now I need to focus on, like, I, I couldn't let that bother me. I couldn't let it bother me. It, 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 okay, you, you missed a deer. Yeah. And all your buddies are going to give you shit because you missed it three times. But so what? You you move on to the next one. Yeah. And tell you what, the, the next few does I saw that were over, like, 120 pounds were not safe. And I killed all of them. <laughs> like that was just like you know had to get my had to get my confidence back up. no doubt you know what I mean and, nope. and sometimes you gotta do that I mean and, and again that's just that's just me that's just me I I'm the type of guy who will practice at 40 yards and if I have a few bad shots I'll sneak back into 20 or 15 yeah and make myself feel better again and then move back, back out, out before you. yeah well it's smart you like, know what I mean it, it, you, you, you gotta mental. do that you yep. gotta do that I don't I don't I mean you know, maybe you don't, but for me, that's what I need to do. Yeah. I'm with you. you know? I, I agree. I agree. I do the exact same thing when I'm practicing shooting. And, you know, I, I think back to, was it the 2020 or 2021 season? Uh, we're up on the public land up here, Demetri and I, we were hunting and it was the kind of the beginning of our rut cation that we both like took the same days off and we're going to hunt, yep. you know, the same kind of days together. And, uh, he, we, we got in on some deer and that night I had a couple deer coming skirting through and two 
Tudeau kind of broke away from the group that worked away from me basically. And one came in and it's getting down to like the last couple minutes of light. And I just ranged and I, she was 25 and I just was like, I'm killing this doe. Let her I'm, have it. I'm, 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 com- I'm, it. I'm, I'm coming Let in here. To, right. I'm coming in here tomorrow morning in the same location because I just saw, you know, two bucks with a couple groups of doe, like work the other way. And I'll just move in a little bit further and, you know, marked it on the map. And this doe came in 25 yards. Boom. Put, I, at the time I was still shooting like a severed broadhead. I blew right through her. She ran eight yards, topped over. I called Dimitri. He was on his way down already because he needed to come like down by me to, to like where we were walking out anyway. And I, I said, Hey, we're, we're going to have to pack out a doe. <laughs> He's like, did you shoot one? I was Nothing like, wrong with that, yep. man. He's like, Nothing wrong with that. you know, and I was like, all right, man, here we go. So we ended up packing her out, you know, and, uh, and dude, it was like, I don't know. We weren't, I wasn't necessarily in the, uh, say to myself like hey i'm uh, i'm gonna shoot whatever today it was came down no, to that moment if something comes in and you want to shoot it shoot it yep if you have a tag for that animal shoot it and i will say this about big does i have had a hell of a time killing one big doe on a certain property for the last five years she bust me as soon as i shut the truck door I'm not, dude, I am not even joking. It was, it was open. It was opening day last year in PA for bow season. And I pull into this spot. Now I, I have to walk like 200 yards to the spot where I like even start hunting. I'm like, Oh, I got a new truck. She's not even going to know. Pull in. I mean, didn't slam the door. Just, you know, being real cautious, whatever. I don't even make it to the edge of the woods, which is only 20 yards from my truck. And that bitch is blowing. (laughs) Now, mind you, she has watched me shoot like a handful of like year or two old does over the last few years. (laughs) But still she, I, she busts me every time I'm in there every single time. And she is it. She's at least seven years old because I like to assume that she was two years old when, you know, when I started hunting there. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I don't know for sure, but geez, she's harder than any big buck I've ever chased with the exception of maybe one. <laughs> like, I mean, if people want to write off does, but man, you go out and try and kill yourself a doe that's like, six, seven, eight, nine years old. And those will live to be like 14. Yeah. Like they know their shit, man. Oh, they're yeah. willing to take some certain risks because they're raising young, but killing an old big doe is tough. I don't care who you are. It was, like, my, it was my last year hunting out of a, a like tree stand before I made the transition to hunting out of saddle. And I remember I, I was like, Oh man, I'm setting up this, this, stand right here. I have a pretty good cover, even like when there's no leaves on because of just the branches, maybe I'll be able to, you know, I I felt good about it. And I was at a pretty decent height and these three deer come in. I, that was actually, it was, uh, was it 2018? I killed a buck and then that, it was oh, 2018. Good year. Yeah. I'll tell you a good one about yeah, 2018. I killed a, know when you're done. I killed, <laughs> I, I, I killed a buck and then I'm going out with the, with the bow and so I had, I was, I was killing a doe. That's all I was going for. I wanted to fill some more tags and 
these three start working towards me and I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're coming right on that trail that I, like right below me. Perfect. Like, let's get it. And I'm already when they're f- pretty far out. So I, I got ready unscathed was all pumped and the two little ones, which the first one I could see was a little button buck and the other yearling doe was like right in front of her. And she's, she's working her way. And I don't know what the heck. I, I mean, unless, because I'm at this point, these doe are, or the two yearlings are literally like right underneath me. And she was still a couple yards away and she's like kind of walking and I'm not, I dude, I'm, I swear I'm not moving. I'm not moving. And then all yep. of a sudden yep. she's browsing, she's kind of looking like around and all of a sudden she goes dink, like look straight at me in the eyes. I'm like, Oh yeah. What in yep. the freak? Like yep. what? Yeah. They- and no screw around operation, man. Dude, I don't it was know what nuts. It is, but. <laughs> Dude, she starts blowing and they take off and they're now they're like 60 yards up, up on the ridge from me. Just, oh, yeah. She's blowing her head off and the other ones are like, wait, what, what, like what happened? And you know, it was just, they're tough, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, Hey, chase all the big bucks you want. I'm all about it too, but man, I mean, big, those are tough. It, you can't discredit them. That yeah. is, Clean and simple. You cannot discredit. I just them. love hunting deer. <laughs> like, oh, dude! Hey, yeah. Listen, I it, I I I get to a certain you know, and you know, like we were talking about with your question a few minutes back there, like you know, how do you set your goals or whatever? You know, I start out with really really high expectations, and I will you know, but you know, that's the only thing you can lower is your goals. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, if you still want to remain successful, empowered to the guys who you know can eat a tag. I, I can't do it. I mean, I'll let, you know, I'll let small bucks walk, but I am not going to go a season without getting some meat in the freezer. Yeah. I just, I just won't do it. But it, will I let, let small bucks walk? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and I drive my brother nuts because he's like a notorious spike shooter on opening day <laughs> in New York. Like, Man, come on. Let that guy grow up a little bit. Why don't yeah. you just wait for a doe? Shoot a nice big doe. I don't know, man. It was the first one that stepped out, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and, and I shit on him about it, but he's a really, really good deer killer. Yeah. Like, plain and simple. I mean, when he was in college, he shot six deer like four years in a row. Like, all right, you you yeah. know, you, you, you've, you've paid your dues. You can shoot whatever you want, but, man, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yep. Let's set your sights a little higher. But some guys are like that. Yep, they don't yeah. care what they kill. Nope. You know what I mean? If it's legal, he doesn't care. And up there where we hunt, we don't have any antler restrictions. So he can shoot whatever he wants. It doesn't matter. Yep. Like, and, you know, I, I, I razz him a little bit, but at the end of the day, I don't care either. Right. You yeah. shoot whatever makes you happy. Exactly. I mean, when my boy finally gets one under his belt, I'm going to let him shoot everything. I don't care. If you want to kill it, kill it. Yep. If we have a tag for it, you can kill it. Exactly. That's plain and simple. I mean, we have some crop damage tags up in New York for August. And he's not really in love with the idea because, you know, we do it primarily with a rifle. Yeah. But I'm like, dude, you can sit in an air-conditioned truck until the deer come out from a few hundred yards away, step out and shoot one. He's like, well, that's not really hunting. I'm like, eh, you're right. But at the same time, if you want to kill a deer, that's a quick way to kill a deer. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You want to get your practice on uh, field dressing here, buddy. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. 
he is a skinning fool. He won't get into gutting them, but if I get one hung up and get it started, he'll skin it. Yeah. If, if I let him, he'll skin it. Yep, exactly. That's cool, man. Um, so what what what's uh on the goals for this for this upcoming year? Oh, man, still chasing one on the ground. Want to kill one on the ground. Didn't do that last year. Um, and get a few more shooting instinctive. That's you know the two biggest things for me. I'm an arrow freaking nut. Um, so I'm always tinkering and stuff. I mean, I got my my setup pretty well dialed for the year now but I really just want to get some blood on them because they look awesome and they shoot awesome. And I think they go through just about anything I'm going to shoot them at. So talk about your setup because it is you like, for me, that's unique. Like what you're doing. So I guess talk about like, it's wild shit. It is wild. shit. (laughs) So go for it. Um, Explain it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I grew up, I shot a recurve from the time I was two. Um, and then when I was about, probably about my boy's age, so like six, my grandfather bought me um, a PSE, it was a PSE Spider, you know, with sights and a peep sight and all that. And I could not wrap my head around that for like a year. And then, or no, it didn't come with a peep sight on it. And then my dad had a peep put on it. And then it like all came together for me. I'm like, oh, it's like a scope you know, yeah. whatever. And, uh, and I shot that for, you know, and I shot sights and a release and all that for a long time. Um, a very long time, but still always shot a recurve instinctive, like for fun. We, when we lived out West, we shot prairie dogs with them like 24 yeah. seven. Like that was, you know, some of the best practice you could have doing that sort of thing. Um, and then when I had my little, hunting hiatus there in my early twenties when I got back into it, um, and started bow hunting again. Like I said, like the next five deer I killed were like dumb easy. Like it didn't even feel like it was fair. I mean, I could stand anywhere in my yard and hit that Glendale full rut, you know, yep. no matter what. And, and it proved to be the same thing on live deer. Like if they didn't know I was there and even then I still shot a few that looked up at me while I would, while I drew, you know, it, 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 it wasn't even close. So I just needed like, I don't know. I wanted a new challenge for myself. It wasn't new. It wasn't ready to die full trad. Um, so I shoot a Hoyt carbon defiant, um, at like 68 pounds, no sights. Um, a QAD rest on it with fingers. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's pretty simple. Did you, did you mean, say 68 pounds or 58? 68, 68. 68. Yeah. Um, the last two years I was shooting a Darton that was 60 pounds. Um, and then just had an opportunity to shoot this defiant and really liked it at where it was at. Um, so just sort of left it alone and, yeah, 68 pounds, and it's just, I, I don't know, built some arrows up for it, grizzly stick arrows. And that's the tough thing with being a finger shooter, though. You got you, you really got to, like, tweak your setup to where they fly good um, to account for, like, a piss-poor release because 
I don't care who you are as a finger shooter, you will never get a super clean release, especially with a compound. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, man. Dude, that's I'm, gnarly. I'm kind of not, but Dude, that is yeah, gnarly. It's, <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's wicked shit. No, I mean, don't let my Instagram fool you. I miss a ton. <laughs> I miss a ton. And I shoot them in the neck or the, you know, leg all the time. I tell you what, my biggest thing that I pound into my head, other than my anchor point, if I have my anchor point and I pick a spot, it's not safe inside of like 35 yards. Right. Plain and simple. Um, but I am confident enough in my tracking ability that where if I hit them on the front half of the deer, I, I, I like my odds of getting them. Yeah. You know, that's just, and I, and I shoot a big, stupid, wide, broad head um, that's like an inch and three quarters wide. Um, again, that's a grizzly stick. Um, yeah, I don't know, Dude, man. So cool. It's just, so, just something I like doing. And, you know, gives, it, it's a good excuse for, you know, when I, when I miss stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm so. doing it instinctively. <laughs> 68 pounds, finger drawn it, you know, just, you know, making, making my life miserable. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> just, I don't know. The, it, you know, as, as if hunting isn't hard enough, I decide to make it Dude, harder, but how but, rewarding when it gets done. Yeah. I mean, the big thing too was, especially when I started hunting, hunting on, the ground. on the ground. Yeah. Like being a, and, and even when I went like, I mean, we were doing mobile hunting before it was cool with like climbers and stuff. Um, but you know, even when I went to like, you know, going completely mobile, like I found myself in some spots where I either needed a really, really short axle to axle bow, or I needed to be able to camp my bow. Okay. And that was a big thing with going, you know, shooting the way I shoot. I have, I can get my bow to about, I wouldn't know what the degree is. I can go over 45 degrees um, and still have good arrow flight okay. and hit what I want to shoot at. Um, I don't know if I have, a, I could probably figure out a way to measure it. Maybe that'll be my project tonight after we get off the phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I there's and then there's other situations where I would probably be better off with a recurve or a long bow because I'd only have to shoot something at like half draw instead of coming to full draw. Yeah. But I don't know. That being able to camp my bow and not have to worry about, you know, it hitting something is you know, was kinda huge for me. Yeah. So what's uh what what hunts do you have coming up this year? Oh, let's see. Well, we'll do PA just because I live here. Um, and then New York for sure. Um, that's probably about it. Yeah. No, I'm um, just because of the new baby coming and all that. Um, but the following year, I'm trying to get into some other stuff. Nice. Um, yeah. 2024, we'll probably be into Kentucky. Um, take my boy down there. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're working on maybe like a bear, or a boar hunt somewhere else. I'm not sure yet, nice. but yeah, for, t- yeah, 2023 is pretty boring. Just, uh, you know, chasing deer and bear in, uh, PA in New York. Well, that's what so. I'm excited for, for 
this upcoming hunting season because I know Jim Jim will be doing New York and I he's uh said he's like dude just come with me if you ever want to and everything like that but dude, I'm telling you listen yeah. for the price of it just buy your New York tag you got more than enough guys between everybody that'll get you you know into some good stuff you might as well right you know what i mean yep screw that four-day pa bear season yep come up for opening day gun season in new york you know just have yourself a blast man yep it's a good time that's uh that might be on the docket because i i know tim and i we're going to go scout ohio here soon and yep. being that I, ha- I have the, the license because of this past season hunting in the spring for turkey, all I need to do is buy the, the buck tag so, or the day right, tag or whatever. Right. So once that kind of comes about, I'll, I'll get that. So he and I, we're going to go a couple weekends in October. And then um, Missouri is still uh, going to happen. And then PA. So nice. Yeah. That's, nice. That's kind of the, the ticket. I got my Iowa um point and that now makes it four for me so i'm yeah so i i I don't know if that means like next 2024 means i could possibly draw with with that one being the fifth one i guess i'm not totally sure so if it financially so if financially and time off works out i'll maybe i'll sure i'll draw it if it's not then i'll wait that next year yeah yeah, I got to look into the Iowa thing because I have a sister who lives there. Okay. Um, and she's a hunter too, but they have the uh, the party hunting thing. Okay. And I know as long as you have a tag, you know, a legal tag, and you're hunting with the other person, you can use their tag also. Okay. And she doesn't really care to, like, shoot a buck. She just wants to shoot something. Right. You know. So I don't know. I, I got to look into it a little bit more. I don't want to shoot my mouth off about it without knowing exactly what the rules are. But I do, I, I mean, I do know that, that party hunting is legal there. I mean, shit, the hunting public put that one video out last year where the, the one guy shot three bucks right. in a doe. And that was like the whole cruise tag, you know? So, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it's legal on some facet, but I, I got to look into it a little more. And she's more like central Iowa where, you know, it's nothing really home or nothing really worthy of writing home about, but it's still Iowa. You oh know, my gosh, still yeah. Yep. you know, I, I joke about it all the time. You know, I'll call her up. She'll be like, Oh, I'll get you a job in Iowa. No problem. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But you got to convince my wife of that, right. you know? Right. So, <laughs> oh man, I would go in a heartbeat if I could. I really would, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I like it, dude. Well, where could uh people follow you on Instagram and and get a chance to you know, you know, here's here's some things. Oh yeah, if they want to uh you know see drunk stories from me or watch my kid shoot his bow, that's pretty much all my Instagram is. It is JT underscore Vernon. Um. And I'm sure you'll probably like tag it in the show notes or something. Yep. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, us doing weird things with our bows and shooting at our hundred three D targets we have in the yard (laughs) and, uh, you know, a little bit of baseball in there and just having a good time, man. I like it. Good time. I like it, dude. 
Well, yeah. I, I appreciate you uh, coming on, having a chat. We'll definitely do this one again. And uh, I appreciate. Oh no, dude! Thanks for ha- thanks for having me on, man. It's been a riot. I've uh, had a real good time. I, you know, I can't like wait till I'll probably, I probably I probably ruffled some feathers, but you know, uh, we'll, I don't care. Uh, so. Hey, man, <laughs> I, I enjoyed t- uh, chatting, and I'm looking forward to uh, a time we could get together with Tom and and uh, you know ha- have a. Oh copy. yeah, we got we got it. We got to get all three of us on here. That'll that'll be a riot. That would be right. I'll give Tom some shit. Yep, that would be good. All right, everybody. uh, Give Jake a follow. Thanks again and for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week. Till next time, Antler up.